time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Welcome, one and all, to episode 31 of After the Credits, a Yum Chugs podcast. <laughs> I am Matt Chewy. With us today, we have Chris Schmidt. How are you doing, Chris? Chris! Get it? Because it's like Shazam. Chris! Did you just turn into a little boy? <laughs> I did. <laughs> he turned into a slightly older man. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he, his, his peak, his physical peak... You know, it was only like a couple years ago, so it's not that big of a <laughs> not that big of a change. We also have uh, Ryan Davis with us today. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing great. Good. And we have Sean Davis. What's up? Hey, what's up? I'm Sean, and I'm here. Good. I mean, if it wasn't already evident, Sean, uh, what what's our what are we doing today? What's our main topic? We are going to talk about Chris. I mean, Shazam. There Chris. The newest DC film that takes place in the DC universe? Possibly. Question mark? We'll definitely address that. We'll find out. (laughs) But before we do that, let's launch into another engaging segment of the Chunk Fire Stories. A segment (laughs) in which I ask uh, Sean, hey, how you been? (laughs) Thanks for asking, Matt. I really appreciate it. Oh, you know. I've been good. It's been... um, When's the last one? Last was about two weeks ago. Yeah. It's been a eventful two weeks, kind of. I saw this movie. I saw a couple of Netflix films. Have you guys seen the movie Circle on Netflix? Is that from the book? Not yes. The it, Circle with Emma Watson? No, that's The Circle. No, not the oh. Tom Hanks one. Oh, no, 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 no. Just Circle. Well, I haven't seen that either. I don't know why I specified. <laughs> Um, okay, well, have you heard of uh, The Cube? Do you guys remember yeah. that kind of like thriller horror film? Yeah. That's kind of the in premise. That's the closest thing I could think of. But, well, for, first of all, it's just awful. It's an awful film, but it's hilarious. Like, not hilarious bad as in it's, oh, what cheesy, schlocky action or death scenes or whatever. It's just like, how did this get made? How, how did any of this get made? <laughs> like, it looks like... So the premise is... 50, 50 people are trapped in a room, and every two minutes they vote on they, and someone has to die in the room. And so it's just a, an hour and a half movie of 50 people standing in a room going, No, let's kill that guy. No, let's kill that guy. No. Uh, sounds, Let, like some, some, sounds like somebody really liked the ending of Dark Knight and went, Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> in the boat scene? <laughs> yep. I mean, yeah, really? It's oh, okay. So. Like, there's no main character, kind of. Like, there'll be, like, one character who has a little bit of dialogue with these other random characters, and then they die. And so then these characters have some lines with these characters, and then they die. And then, like, it, it, uh, it, like, it almost, like, everyone should watch this film just to understand the, how to write a film and what not to do, because it's just... Uh, it's so funny and the ending is hilariously like they were trying to do something like uh got you society right guys so Uh, i'm glad to hear netflix (laughs) is keeping it as always well maintained well curated library yes of original content so that was good on you netflix that was eventful um what else um I finished this book. It's a classic sci-fi book that I highly recommend. Do you guys know the author Ursula K. Le Guin? She's a classic yeah. sci-fi fantasy writer. Mm-hmm. I do not. Um, she, well, I recommend her. She's written, her probably most famous works are the uh, Wizard of Earthsea yeah. fantasy series. Um, but she's written a handful of other things. Anyways, I wrote, uh, read, I wrote one of her books. <laughs> uh, it was me. <laughs> Uh, oh man! I read a I read a book of hers. It's called The Lathe of Heaven, and it's about this guy who, when he dreams, his dreams be like they alter reality, so that he wakes up in the morning and whatever he dreamt is the new reality, and like he's the only one who knows that it changed. Everyone else is like, no, this is just how reality has always been. So like, he wakes up and you know. You know, half the world's population was wiped out by a plague 30 years ago. Yeah, that's how it always was. 
that yeah you don't remember the big plague when you know everyone died um so it's a really cool interesting premise and just like a cool sci-fi thing and it made me wonder if i had that ability and what kind of my world my night terrors would create oh no <laughs> no good no. <laughs> um i feel like i've experienced that world with you having like shared a small like cabin in the woods <laughs> i mean everyone would be just constantly hearing me scream i guess so yeah, i suppose <laughs> it would be a so it'd be the worst thing yes <laughs> yes um and what else oh and then one last thing is i'm i'm currently in arkansas so oh that's where you are <laughs> <laughs> for anybody they listening you want to answer that question for us before we started recording <laughs> You're like sean where are you what's going on tonight <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's top secret. No, I'm in Arkansas. I'm actually um, on a film shoot. I'm filming a film. Uh, some friends of mine are making a movie, and I'm second ading them. One that of, is, one uh, of uh, assistant directing. One of uh, DC's ten Joker movies in production. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one with uh, Jared Leto after he backed out and then rejoined. So. Okay, it's the one that they let you guys <laughs> make. Facing Arkansas. <laughs> they let you guys make the Jared Leto one. <laughs> Yes. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I'm in Arkansas, and that's no, that's, that's actually legitimately a cool. That's a cool uh, context. It's cool. That was a cool. When I flew in, there was there was lightning on the horizon, and everyone talks like they do in the movies with an accent. Like, <laughs> oh, and I'm not doing it like to make fun of them, but it really is like y'all. Oh, have a good time, y'all, and like, and I find myself partially talk mimicking their accents i'm like more around them it's okay but you have to be regular again when you come back sorry (laughs) i'll do my best okay thank you i I guess that leads us to the next question how long are you due to stay out there um that is a good question i'm scheduled to be out here for a couple weeks so it's a three-week film shoot so wow yeah awesome that's that's really cool yeah it's pretty crazy and it's just awesome to be like on set i mean it's also insane for anyone knows anything about movie making or filmmaking the stories are true about the long days they're literally like 14 hour days and mm-hmm. they're just non-stop exhausting but it's cool like it's a neat environment making a movie yeah yeah that's awesome we're in an abandoned hospital so like there's all this medical equipment everywhere and like it's kind of creepy but also just like weird that like we're shooting our the production office is like there's a plug-in for a, you know, a EKG. Or, like, if someone is going to die, there's a whole bunch of defibrillators. So <laughs> that's nice. I mean, everything you just described has not convinced me that you're not filming the next Joker film. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, yeah. yeah. I cannot confirm nor deny that if the Joker Look, is Look, we get it. There's NDAs that. involved. Whatever. It's yeah. fine. You yes, don't need to tell exactly. us anything about the movie. That's okay. Anyways. But yeah, that's what I've been up to. So, awesome. like I said, been eventful. A friend would tell us. <laughs> wow. Gloves Ouch. are off. Um, hey, hey, Chris, tell us a story around the chunk fire about yourself. Wait, who, what? Who Was did you me? ask? <laughs> As in, what have you, you been up to? Your Skype cut out for a second. But did yeah, you ask kind Chris? Of cutting out. That's okay. I think you'll be all okay. those lightning storms. Oh, no. I guess it's your turn, Chris. That's the point. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. So TV show-wise, just real fast, uh, I finished season three of Santa Clarita Diet, which that show is hilarious. Wow, they're on uh, season three already? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's probably one of their best shows. Uh, <laughs> Timothy Oliphant is, man, he kills me. He's oh, yeah. I watched, I watched the first, like, two or three episodes, and I kind of went... Okay, I know what the show's going to be, and I I didn't watch any more of it. You know, I I don't know. I I, I guess I didn't give it a fair shot. <clears throat> I mean, it goes in some pretty bizarre directions as you get further on into it, but uh, right. I do recommend it. Um, I also watched a little bit of the new Netflix nature documentary, Our Planet. Uh, that <laughs> I found out I have an irrational hatred of flamingos Matt. Uh, <laughs> I want to know what a rational hatred of flamingos looks like <laughs> when is it justified to Just be afraid of flamingos um, so yeah that's basically what I've been watching I finished Devil May Cry 5 uh, do a review 
for that sometime in the near future. And I've been playing a couple VR games in my spare time. And then books, I finished. I finally finished the most recent uh, Murakami book, The Killing Commandatory, which was a Murakami book. <coughs> yeah. And then I just started this book. Have any of you read Console Wars? Oh, I love Console Wars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been listening to that and digging it pretty heavily. Uh, that's supposed to be a uh, TV well, it was show. Supposed to, it was supposed to be a movie, and now it's, I guess, going to be a, a limited-run series, like an eight-episode thing or something like that. I don't know if it's going to be Netflix or or what. Yeah, I mean, it aids itself to it just fine. So, I think, I think episodic is probably a better way to go. Yeah, it's pretty dense. Lots of interesting events, but... Other than that, just just working away at the ready at dawn, ready at dawn, ready at dawn. Good. Okay. Uh, but Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I also finished Santa Clarita Diet season three. Uh, very very funny. Um, yeah, Tim Lee Oliphant is just hilarious, fantastic. Yeah, that was good. Um, I also finished Umbrella Academy, which I actually liked more than I thought I would. Um, it, I started out not liking it very much at all, but I ended up really liking it at the end. So, yeah, that was good. Um, I just actually just finished watching this movie on Netflix. Didn't, I, I, guess, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it was actually a prequel to Captain Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. It stars uh, Brie Larson and uh, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. Unicorn oh, Star. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Unicorn Star. Uh, that was something um but it is the funny thing about it is it came out in 2017 uh so were they just like keeping it in their back pocket and then they just like oh brie larson and sam jackson let's let's kick this out now that captain marvel's out i, I mean know. it makes sense because, yeah it does because they probably yeah. looked at what they had and they're like oof this is not going to push itself uh <laughs> yeah exactly that's that's the impression i got um, I, uh, I took a picture of black hole. You can f- see that in Google. Um, <laughs> oh, oh uh, you did that. Yeah, that was me. Um, oh, I was wondering, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. The next one you take, could you uh, get a little bit more in focus? Yeah, I know. I was, uh, I was surprised. I must've had like some schmutz on the lens. I need to clean that <laughs> off first. Um, so it's kind of funny. So Sean, you're on vacation, I guess. Uh, I guess, although it's kind of a well, working yeah, vacation, so, but it's something kind of funny. I happened. mean, I'm kind of getting paid, but I, but yeah, yeah, I, he's, eh. he's getting paid in hugs. I was going mean, to ask you how you got the time off from work work. Right, but that, then was I a, that was going to ask you actually. That I don't yeah. really care about that. That seems like red tape stuff. I don't care about. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, Anyways, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's an HR issue. It sounds like it's really not interesting. Anyway, continue, Ryan. Well, I well, yeah, I was going to ask: Is it paid time off, or did they just said like, oh, you can work a second job, real quick? I mean, I have a ton of PTO saved up, so it is. I'm taking PTO. It essentially is vacation. I'm taking a vacation uh, okay. in, uh, in Arkansas and working for. You're taking a vacation a to vacation. work, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the reason I asked kind of is that uh, the other day at work, I was talking with some friends who had just come back from a vacation, and I was like, oh, yeah, vacation. I forgot about that. <laughs> and I started thinking to myself, hmm, does anyone know when our vacation time caps out? And they're like, yeah, it's after such and such days. And then I looked at my, like, you know, PTO hours, and I'm like, ah, I am capped out on PTO hours. So I have been not, uh, no longer accruing You've been losing PTO, money. Which was sort of depressing. Yeah, I'm basically uh, just so wasting money. For how long? That's the worst. <laughs> I know. You have to start I, I, using it then, right? <laughs> What's that? You're, you mean you're in a position where you must yeah. take time off. So right? I, I'm taking... It is, fr- yeah. It's it, detrimental to you if you do not take time off. That's it is. where you're at. I'm wasting money. I'm wasting... You're ruining capitalism right yeah, now. Western I, society is falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that was a sort Millennials of... Millennials are ruining everything. <laughs> I know. Oh, no. Even PTO. <laughs> I ate too much avocado toast. <laughs> and then they took my house. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, that, that's what I've been up to. Just working and not taking PTO. Okay. What about, what about you, Matt? What are, what are you doing now? What, am I, what have I been up to? Well, my life for the last couple of weeks has been just a few calamities. Um... For one thing, I, I don't know if I told you guys all, but I, I went back to the hospital for a couple of days. Yeah, um, yeah, I had mm-hmm. uh, I had some uh, blood clots, and it, it, which was like not totally unexpected because like I have a genetic thing that I inherited that makes me more prone to blood clots. And then they were like, 
yeah, brain cancer makes you prone to blood clots, and having your head cut open makes you blood prone to blood clots, and everything going on here makes you prone to it. So you're you're gonna get it at some point, <laughs> and. You have a hundred and twenty percent chance of getting. Yeah, blood yeah. Clots. Me in particular, my like, I probably at that time the most likely person on the planet to get blood clots. So um, you're more blood clot than men now. Yeah, exactly. Actually, kind of. Um, but uh, anyway, so I was having trouble breathing one day, and so we went to the urgent care, and they were like, "Yeah, dude, you need to go to the ER." And then the ER is like, "Yeah, you you got to stay here for a few days." So that happened, but I'm like, I'm on that new meds, and I'm all good. So like, I'm. I'm all, I'm breathing again. I can use my lungs again, which is great. Um, I started my treatments and that's been going pretty smoothly so far. Knock on wood. Um, other calamities, uh, like I woke up at 4am the other night because I smelled burning plastic and apparently our water heater blew out. So we had to get our water heater replaced. So, um, those are all crazy things that have been happening to me. Um, uh, wait, just, I, I mean, I don't know anything about, you know, architecture or building houses, but I feel like. A water heater, of all things, should not be prone to burning out. I don't know. I don't know. Right? I mean, anything with the word heater in it, if it somehow is gets too hot, doesn't – does anyone else feel like that no, shouldn't happen? No, I feel well, like whatever just, the heating mechanism is is eventually going to succumb to its own heat, right? Right. Like, I mean, it, you, yeah. yeah, I can imagine a couple things that may cause it to overheat. Like those things all have like uh, filters and stuff. So if the filters aren't cleaned enough, that could lead to overheating. Things like also, that. there's usually an electrical element, and electrical elements can just fail on their own reasons. So and yeah. I, and again, I don't know what caused it to, but I'm glad I could smell in the middle of the night because oh yeah, that's the other thing that Maeve <laughs> Maeve got Maeve's been sick for the last week, so like she's all stuffed up and couldn't smell it. And so like I had to be like, our house is on fire or something. I don't know. It's 4am. I don't know what's going on, but we had to figure this out. So, um, yeah, that's a thing. But in, uh, less depressing topics, uh, Sean, um, I actually took one. Yeah. I actually took your recommendation from last episode and I got Baba and Baba is you. Oh yeah. On the switch. Um, and oh, it's oh, oof, it's 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 a it's a mind bender. Um, it's really clever. It it's, is. It's, and I showed it to Maeve, and she got really into it. Um, and I showed it to my sister Andrea, and she was she got super into it for the time that she was visiting. She she got through a whole bunch of puzzles, but she was saying that like it reminded her of like LSAT study questions. She said that like the way the logic works and the way yeah. the LSATs work is a very similar type of like part, well, part of your brain that you have to use to figure them out and i mean i never have taken the lsat obviously but there is a certain element of almost like scripting to it like very right. basic level logic of scripting and and not quite programming but but yeah there's certainly that element to it and and and, and like in a way that's so like digestible yeah 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 exactly um so yeah that's that's great um all the people that i just said that i showed it to like i'm dumber than um, so like they, they got through way more puzzles and I'm like, uh, just like, I'm still at some of the earlier puzzles just in stare at the screen for 15 minutes mode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's great. It's, it's excellent. It's such a unique game and it, I hope everybody tries it at least like the first few puzzles just to see how it, the flow of it is. It's so, it's so unique. Um, yeah. so good recommendation, Sean. Thanks man. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and uh, I hope other listeners check it out because it is an indie game and it's always like game indie games like that, you know, like they're just kind of word of mouth. They don't have, you know, a huge team. It's just a couple people putting together and like it's awesome how much publicity this has already got. But I've actually kind of cool to see that. I've actually seen memes on Tumblr like that are Baba is you related. I don't quite I don't quite get them all, but I think maybe that's part of the spirit of (laughs) Baba is you. Um, (laughs) I think that's part of it is you have the meme that you have to figure out. You have to solve the meme. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you made a recommendation. I'm going to make a me- recommendation from my last thing in sharing circle. Um, so I, I got another game. I got a gift card for uh, GameStop, and I turned it into a Switch Nintendo Store gift card, and I bought a handful of indie games. So one of them was Baba. I got that game Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, but I, I haven't played it yet because it's couch co-op, so I want to get some people to play it with. Um, but the other game I got is a game called The Mummy Demastered. Have any of you guys heard of that? No. Okay, so this is... W- I have heard of it, but I've never played it. Okay, this is weird. I'll it's just, based I'll just on go ahead movie, and explain right? it for those of you who don't know what it is. But um, So it's from Way Forward Studios. They do that the Shantae Half-Genie Hero series, so they do a lot of retro-type games. 
So this game is a this is a retro throwback like 2D side scroller Metroid game, but it's themed to the the Mummy reboot movie with Tom Cruise that came out a couple years ago. <laughs> so it's a movie tie-in to the Tom Cruise Mummy from <laughs> Way Forward Studios, which is a solid game studios, uh, right? And the thing is, like, you know how Metroidvania is a thing that's popped up because, like, indie gaming, there's a lot of 2D indie gaming, so that we kind of, they kind of just called that the genre. It's Metroidvania. Like, I would mm-hmm. want to call this that, but it's not even because it's just Super Metroid. Like, it's not even yeah. like an homage or has similar gameplay styles. It's just Super Metroid. It, everything, it's, it goes way beyond homaging. Like, the way the save rooms look, the way the menu screens look, the way the music is, the, like, it's, and that's the thing about it is that it has no right to be as good as Super Metroid, but like, it, it, it's it's as good as that. It's all, it's it's about as good as it. And there's a couple neat things too because you play as the faceless soldiers and not as Tom Cruise. So if you <laughs> if you die, they just send another soldier in, and you're that person oh. now. But you don't have any. But the last soldier turns into a mummy zombie. So you lose all your gear. You have to go find your other soldier, kill him, and take your gear back every time if you want all of your like your new guns and oh, stuff. Oh, that's cool. So that's like a new little thing that they threw into Super Metroid. But otherwise, the graphics are the same. The room sizes are the same. Traversing the map, finding the room that has the upgrade that you need. It, it's If you like Super Metroid, you will like this game. I don't even know how else to put it. Um, so I don't know. I, the way I like to think of it is it's like a Bernstein universe type thing where like there was a timeline that we're not living in where like this was a game first on the super Nintendo. And then this was just the movie version was just one of a string of terrible video game adaptations that came out decades later. And some, for some reason in our universe, they came out backwards and when nobody can quite figure out why that's, (laughs) that's my theory for this game existing because nothing else makes sense. Makes sense to me. But anyway, it's a great game. I recommend it. The mummy demastered. (laughs) And that's all I got. That's all I got for this week. So, uh, do we get, do we hit everybody? Vince. Okay. Hey, uh, Hey, I'm good. I'm glad to be here. It's Vince. Got my hat on and I got my discs. Sounds like Mickey Mouse. I'm Vince. Definitely Vince. Well, thanks Vince. That's good. It's good to hear that you're doing great. All right, Sean, I'm gonna pass this over to you. Or whoever I'm passing it to, because this segment is over. Okay, so we're going to go with the recap again. Uh, heads up, we're getting the spoilers. Obviously, the summary is the spoiler. Um, and then the discussion, we're going to get into details. But uh, Chris, tell them what happened in Shazam! Oh, boy, oh boy, so many things happened. It all started in the year 1649. No, This sounds uh, like it's going to be shorter than last week's, definitely. Good job, <laughs> glad we discussed that. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, continue. Uh, no, I mean, uh, it starts off with uh, this very old wizard that is seeking to pass on his powers. And he is trying to find a child, I assume a child, for the sake of youth to pass his powers on to. But they have to be pure of heart. And so plenty of kids get brought in and none of them seem to pass. Cut to present day. Uh there's young Billy Batson, who was abandoned by his mother at some point when he was like four or something. And he's searching for her to see, to reconnect with her. And during this process, he's hopping from foster home to foster home. Eventually, he has to come to the defense of his current foster home friend, Freddie. And in that process, he beats up some bullies and starts running away. And the, the old wizard's like, I like this kid. This this kid, and so he, he summons them to him through the ice the ice portal, and grants him his power. All he all Billy has to say is the name Shazam, and he becomes the best version of himself as an adult, a thirty year thirty eight year old Zachary Levi, and uh, from there it's he goes on this fun adventure with Freddy to really understand his powers and his place in the world. Uh, trying to connect more with this family, this new family that he's never known and getting closure on his old family. And in the process, uh, one of the kids that was rejected by Shazam stumbles across some powers and they, they fight and they go, wow. And lots of funny, humorous things happen along the way. And then in the end, Shazam 
he he's Shazam. There you go. <laughs> he Shazams. Okay. Cool. Uh, what a good you did it. Uh, so now everyone who hasn't seen the movie could pretend like they saw the movie and listen to us discuss it. Vince, we know. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to the end where I'll do an actual synopsis. No, just kidding. You will not. Um, so what did people think of Shazam? Far more important than the film itself is our thoughts on the film. Uh, uh, Ryan, let's start with you. Um, Find your opinions yeah, sure. and tell them to I, us. I, I like this film, the film that we're talking about, the Shazam film. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good time at the movies. Um, I have some... Like, you know, little things here and there that didn't work for me. Some of the jokes didn't play probably as well as they were hoping, at least for me. I thought Zachary Levi was really good. I thought he was really fun on, on camera. A lot of good good jokes with him and fun times, good facial expressions. Those are always good, you know. Um, some, of the, some of the character things didn't really work for me. And overall, I felt like they didn't, they just didn't, they didn't commit to uh uh the humor maybe as much as i would want them to like if you could if you could take half of the commitment or the like if i can use the expression it felt a little bit half-assed if we could just take half of the ass that was used in deadpool 2 2 and put it towards this movie you'd have two movies that were fully asked (laughs) (laughs) beautiful yeah all right and now all Good. I can think Full of is recommendation for Ryan. <laughs> can we can we say butt instead? Yeah, we can redo no, that with that's not, that's not the name of the show. Okay. Full butt <laughs> recommendation for Ryan. Um, but that's what I felt about the film. What did that. anyone else think? What eh? is your butt recommendation of the film? Chewy. <laughs> what did I think? Uh, I felt something while watching yeah. this movie that I hadn't felt in a long time, and that was just pure unadulterated joy. Um, th- I loved this movie. It's my favorite DC movie since the Dark Knight trilogy. And I don't think I'm going to be particularly interesting during this conversation because I don't have a lot of negative points about it. I'm sure they'll come up as we hash them out and I'll probably agree with some of the points that you make, but I loved this movie. Next. Really? Yep. Wow, cool. Full-hearted Stamp. recommendation. Another full butt from Chewy, but on its own, <laughs> not including Deadpool's butt. Um, yeah. So, Chris, what about you? Uh, I mean, I'm more. In, I'm in the camp with Chewy. I, there's not a lot I didn't like about this movie, and I'll be very interested to hear what like humor didn't land with Ryan because I thought pretty much every piece of it landed with me. So it gets five out of four stars because that's the scale I use. Dumb scale. <laughs> uh, so Ryan, let's let's get let's get into some of your some of your points since it seems like you have more points than Chewy or I have. Well, I mean, yeah, it, uh, to Chewy's point, like it's I think it's if you have a problem with the film, that's like a discussion point, right? We can t- we can kind of talk about that and see what you guys' opinions were. But if I mean, I thought I enjoyed the film, so we can talk about the the good points of the film too, right? Like, oh, like you know, whatever jokes did work versus which ones did not. Um, but some of the, or one joke, I think at least that did not work for me was the, uh, near the end of the film when the, uh, when the Shazam man and the bad man were tussling in the sky, um, uh, you know, there's that where they're kind of a distance apart and they're, and he was like monologuing and mm-hmm. Shazam couldn't hear him. It, like it, I think conceptually that was funny, but it just. <laughs> Something about the way the beats worked, it didn't. I was laughing my ass off. See, I it also sorry, was. Sorry, but see, I was also dying laughing during that scene. So I okay, don't know. I mean, yeah, that's that's just you know, like I said, I think it, just some things didn't quite land for me. Yeah, like right. I, yeah, I don't know. Because to me, what really was hilarious about it was the concept of it, right? Like, well, that's what I mean. People, that's exactly what I just monolo- said. People monologue in the sky all the time in superhero movies, but right. When when the joke happened, I was like, "Oh my god, this makes all the sense." They would never be able to hear each other monologuing. See, I, I think that uh, a less a less uh, subtle script, and I'm, even if you want to go extreme, something like you know those superhero movie like the scary movie parodies, like if you're just trying to cram in like tongue in cheek, oh, comic books are dumb because of this. Comic movie movie comic book movies are silly because they do this right. They could have gone farther with that, but they the fact that it's only just that joke and maybe a couple other smaller things in the movie shows a little bit of restraint. So they're like, oh well, 
if the guy did start monologuing 50 feet away, like that's a situation that we could realistically laugh at without having to force it into the movie. And yeah, I mean, I see your point and I, I guess I do agree with that, that would that, but what, what you just hit on there is maybe one of my issues with the film hmm. as a whole. And that I, I it's kind of like, I wish they either went further with it or did less with it. Um, you, like, cause you're right. They, they do try to strike a balance of like, Oh, let's kind of take poke a little fun at, at, superhero tropes and and that kind of thing but they either didn't do it enough to make me kind of buy into the tone of that uh, of the film if that was what they were trying to achieve sure or just do it less and then either make the joke straight does that make Mm. sense it Uh, does make sense but i do think that for me i think they got the right balance that's i think where yeah so I don't know. I guess it's. I guess it depends on the tastes. I mean, that's what anything. That's true for anything. But I think for me, uh, I was talking about it with my sisters afterwards. Tonally, it feels really like a Sam Raimi movie. Um, yeah. And I, and I was kind of feeling that with like uh, the scene where uh, the boardroom scene where they let the the monsters on the you know they, the the seven deadly sin monsters take out Uh the boardroom reminded all of us a lot of we all said the same thing at the same time after the movie of the scene in spider-man 2 where they're trying to saw the uh the octopus arms off of doc ock and it's like getting all of the surgeons and it's all horror movie sam raimi but then it's also got the silly stuff and it also is also a little pokes fun at itself too so I, i i don't know this is this reminded me of like that tone that style but with today's modern I mean, special effects. Coincidentally enough, I mean, along those lines, I mean, Sam Raimi had a horror background. This director, uh, San Sandberg, he also comes from a horror background. He did the Lights Out short that eventually became the movie, uh-huh. and then he also did the Annabelle Creation movie, so which I heard was actually decent. I guess I don't know. I stopped after yeah, like the first it, Annabelle. <laughs> So I mean, there's a lot like you like you hit on. There's a lot in common between those two movies. And, well, I mean, the same thing. It also s- follows a lot of similar plot points as kind of Spider-Man, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, right? Like he's a, he's kind of using his powers in selfish ways, mm-hmm. and that's used as a method of teaching him, right? Because right? he's he's like on the top of the stairs, just freaking doing the lightning to Rocky's theme, and, right? electrocutes the bus and everything, right? Like, so, yeah, I, I mean... Yeah. So, I, I mean, I kind of agree with what Ryan was saying in terms of a lot of the humor not working specifically before me, but I... And and I kind of, kind of criticize it for that, but I think, on further reflection, one of the things that I, you know, kind of like about it more so is instead of, like, thinking about it like, oh, they're, they're parodying superhero films, or not parodying, but, like, you know joking about the tropes in superhero films i think more the film is going for more less of a pers- that perspective and more perspective just a of almost like a 14 year old kid like if that makes any sense like mm-hmm. how would a 14 year old kid like it's not that a 14 year old kid is poking fun at the tropes of superhero films just 14 year old kids are kind of just kind of sarcastic mm-hmm. and have that sense of humor right and th- to me that's like i think that's where a lot of the jokes came from it was less that oh you know all these other superhero films when they monologue in the sky it was more like if yeah, some silly dumb kind of sarcastic kid is gonna think this is funny well, if that makes sense it makes sense but the thing is for me it works in both it, it works both ways yeah no because I of the it context of him being yeah. a 14 year old kid, yeah. kid it feels natural in the script but it also double you know double purpose yeah. there and that's why it works for me <clears throat> yeah I mean, plus, um, I, I think mean, more to that point, like just the commitment, right? It was it was so honest and it's it's humor throughout, right? Like, so I understand, like it, it feels like some of those stuffs maybe some of the jokes probably went a little too goofy or whatever. But I never felt like anything was, you know, like an outlier, flat out outlier. I felt like it was all honestly within a, a certain range that the movie committed to and never went beyond it. I guess I'll say for me, nothing felt forced. Like it, like whether something was funny or not, it was different for me. Whether or not it actually felt like, sometimes the humor in the Marvel movies feel a little like uh, we had to throw a joke here, right? Where most of yeah. them felt like it was a natural yeah. place to put a joke. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's the distinction for me. So how did you guys feel about just less specifically the humor, but more the originality or perhaps what you consider lack thereof of the tone? To me, it felt like. 
it was original in it in its current time and place, but it felt like a movie that you know belonged from 20, 30 years ago. Not, yes. not like yes. purely on nostalgia. The, this doesn't. But that it just sorry, fit that tone. Yeah, it just felt like the tone of films that came out in the early nineties or even the eighties. And do you think that's a good thing, bad thing? And like, I guess what I'm saying is like, okay, they're recapturing that element, but is it? Is it good to re to mimic that, or do you think it's you know stands on its own? Okay, here's I, guess. I got a lot of thoughts on this one. Um, be, be, I'm sorry, I got a lot of thoughts on this topic because it's the only thing I think of when the movie was over. Um, so it, this doesn't feel like a superhero movie to me. It doesn't feel like a modern superhero to me, especially. It feels like yeah. the kind of movie that we would have watched as a kid. Like, uh, I don't want to, the Goonies is the obvious one, but let's talk about like maybe Critters or Never Ending Story, the kind of movie where it's accessible to kids, kids will relate to the characters because they're younger characters, the the story is simple, but it's not pandering, Um, but it's also scary, and it's also got real stakes, Mm -hmm. and it's also got moments that are genuinely thrilling, and monsters that are scary for kids to look at. It's the kind of movie that when when we were kids, we'd, we'd feel like... I don't know, maybe a little accomplished because we watched him and we could tell our friends on the playground. Yeah. We, did you mm-hmm. see that movie? Cause I saw it. No, I didn't get scared. You know what I mean? Like it feels yeah. like one of those kind of movies. And I think that's what you're talking about when you say like 20, 30 years yes. ago, but exactly. yeah. I don't think that element of it was intentional. I think when things like stranger things, they are trying to mm-hmm. capture that. I think yeah. this, they just accidentally made a good movie that reminds <laughs> me of that. Maybe not accidentally. That's, that's mean. But what I'm saying is that I don't think that they were trying to say, oh, we got to make it like a never-ending story, yeah. The Goonies. I think that they just made a good movie and they did the thing that I haven't seen in a while. And I think that's why when I said I felt this type of joy that I hadn't felt in a long time, I think that's where it comes from. It's just nice. It's refreshing to see mm-hmm. that ki- that kind of a good movie again. You know what I mean? It definitely, it definitely comes off like they, DC's been more hands-off as they've gone along since Wonder Woman, right? And I feel like especially in this case, because it was Shazam, a character that nobody really knew anything about, not even Wonder Woman or Aquaman, where people have, like, kind of an idea, right? Sure, yeah. I feel like Shazam was yeah. so original that they were like, okay, Samber, you you work with your writers, you make your movie, right? And mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's where this movie succeeds more than anything. Well, the, the other thing is that you mentioned, you know, the more hands-off since Wonder Woman, you know, Wonder Woman was a good step in the right direction for DC, Aquaman arguably was I enjoyed it but you know people are split on that one but the thing is that visually they still f- sort of felt like Snyder movies and this yeah. and this one didn't even as good as I thought Wonder Woman was it still had an ending and a lot of scenes that felt very 300 you know Watchmen mm-hmm. and like yeah. all the other ones and this one it was I think part of its freshness is that it didn't have that it was just look let's make this movie that we want to make and let's make it the, look the way we want to look for how it's going to best be for this story etc you know so that was nice too I like I appreciated that <clears throat> sorry to derail that yeah point, for but sure anyway <laughs> no, no I, th- I, th- I think we all agree it's fresh um, yeah. Sean, well, speaking of, oh yeah, go for sorry, it. Sorry, yeah, I was right. just going to remark on your comment about the, the tone of the film feel, feeling old, and also yeah. tying back in what you guys were saying about not really many people know about know about Shazam or this movie at all. In fact, when I told mm-hmm. people that I saw this movie, they're like, uh, "Shazam? What? What is that? You mean the 1990s film starring Shaq?" Um, <laughs> that's the running joke. Yeah. Well, and that's I was Kazam, like, but Sin- the one with Sinbad called Shazam, the one that arguably exists in another universe. Right? It, that's the one <laughs> people right. don't know if they're talking about or not. Anyway. Right. Yeah. So it, it is kind of funny that because this movie does actually remind me of a little bit tonally those older 90s films um, hmm. that are kid targeted. But this is definitely has a more modern or mature uh, take on those kinds of things. If the if the Power Rangers mm-hmm. movie from the nineties, you know, the, the one where they start skydiving at the <laughs> beginning, right? If if the, if the, their intention was was to make that movie today, it might look a little bit like this. What what we got? Yeah, from I mean, I, there's, <clears throat> yeah, there's right, certainly exactly. some truth to that, especially That's after the point. ending. I don't know where we ended up there. I was gonna. Well, yeah, I mean, I was gonna say it, you mentioned Power Rangers, and that brings me to the ending of the film which mm-hmm. i don't know 
so like you said, Ryan, Shazam is not a known property, or at least not very you know well known. Right? Did you guys know? I don't know anything about Shazam other than he says Shazam and turns into a superhero or whatever. But did is that what happens in the comics, Chris? You probably know more than anyone. Does all, Are you do talking all of about his the friends? Shazam family? Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, is that sure. what happens? Yes, the Shazam family is a comic book staple. That was oh, oh okay. yeah, I, I was, that, to me it was a surprise. I was I was like, oh, what? They're I, all superheroes. I did not expect that to happen. I was so giddy during that scene. One because it was a surprise, and I haven't been surprised in a superhero movie in a while. But yeah. two because like I think the the acting on all those actors, especially the little sister character, like. A grown woman playing somebody with the mind of a, a child in a grown woman's body <laughs> is like I could not have expected a more perfect performance out of that. And the same goes with all the other child counterparts from from the uh, foster home. I thought it was so well acted and it well written. And I thought that whole thing was really clever. It was just it was just it had it opened it to so many fun opportunities and took advantage of most of them. I think it was a good time for me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, it like it was just surprising and mm. that's always a good thing. Well, I can't think yeah. It's generally a good thing for me. So I was pleasantly surprised with the ending. Um and and even with the villain, like I, I didn't love this villain, but I think I liked the idea of this villain a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and I think they did a good job with the ending on him, especially. Yeah, yeah I think um, so. The kind of the other beats throughout the film with him, like the film, the the beat in the boardroom, I like that. I thought that was good, but some of the other stuff felt a little. I mean, cliche is an easy word, but it just kind of felt like going through the motions of what a villain needs to be doing, mm-hmm. which is fine. It wasn't so much about the villain, but I think it kind of brings me to a bigger question: How did you guys feel about how they kind of conveyed the message, or what did you guys think the message of the film was? Hmm. I mean, I think the message of the film is very clearly just, you know, family. I think that's like Star right. Wars. Like uh-huh. I, Star Wars. What? I, I, I can't really. I don't see the thing is that I, I wasn't too concerned about it with this movie, which is weird. But I think, you know, some vague concept about family is is probably right. But I just I want to I just want to take a minute and say that I really appreciated the depiction of the foster family and how like. It yeah. was really about family, but not in a like shove it down your throat kind of way. It just like yeah. naturally depicted like a loving they foster family. Terrible people, like most. Well, well, that's a that's a trope that a lot of these kind of stories easily fall into. Like, oh, we can feel yeah. even worse for this main character because he's in such a terrible foster home. But it didn't actually. It's like no foster homes can be a loving place, and like all different types of people come like in like accept each other's family and it's and it's and i like the positive depiction and it still worked in this movie um so yeah chris probably something like what you said is right i don't know ryan what'd you think uh yeah i thought that was good um i thought the a lot of the family elements were well played i was that i think that was more of a surprise to the of the film i get as opposed to the Shazam family, so to speak, like as in the magical superpower element, mostly because I, I guess I knew that about Shazam. Um, I was just, it was just cool to see that like these characters, um, I wish, I guess I want to like, if they do a sequel, I want to see more of that family element come, come out and develop some of these characters a little bit more. Um, so, you know, give them a little bit like stronger identity. The, the, the little girl, I agree was probably the best element of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think they brought it together with the climax of the film when the Shazam family appears and you kind of like, Oh yes, all these care, all these, this family that's sticking together. Now they get to also kick butt together. Yes. Um, which so, is satisfying because you've already spent the movie with them and you like them by that point. And you're like, all right, yeah, cool. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, so, I mean, I don't disagree degree, right? that the villain is like an, he's like his saying is like the anti-family right or like more of like your family doesn't have to be by blood it's those that are willing to foster you right and like his actual family was obviously terrible to not nurturing at all and that was his blood family too so so that's that you know there's a stronger point to be made there um i think well go ahead yeah sorry i was just gonna say like i mean i don't disagree with the all the family stuff i do think that's important but i think kind of to me 
a lot of it was more about kind of almost going back to what we're talking about with us about this idea of nature versus nurture and that we are, there are heroes inside of all of us. And it reminds me a little bit of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. If you think about his family, it's very much those same ideas of like this diverse set of people all being heroes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And this idea that there's heroes inside all of us, but it's often these poisonous, toxic forces that prevent us from becoming those heroes, right? And yes. I liked, I really like that idea. As, but I think in one element, I wish they kind of hit harder, and that is this idea that, like, so the villain, he becomes the villain because he was not nurtured, he was not given uh-huh. those opportunities, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. His obvious choice is by the family, but it's by the wizard. Even the wizard, the person who, like, he basically did the same thing his father did. And the only reason he didn't do it to Billy Barty or Billy to Billy Batson is because the power was no longer there because Mark Strong had already taken it. And the idea being that, like, if every if anyone's given the opportunity, they could be heroes. Yeah. But if you're judging someone on purity, well, I mean, Billy says there's no one's like, going to be I a don't hero. Think there is this pure person you're looking for anymore. Exactly, exactly. And I wish they hit harder on that point with the wizards. Yeah. This this idea, this wizard was searching for this purity, like. He should have been more like um, not punished, but just like it should have been clear that like it was his fault that he created this villain is what I'm getting. Yeah. At. And that's, I think, thematically what ties into kind of everything else. Yeah, yeah that's, I, that's I, I agree with that. I wish they had given us a final beat on that because, you know, he spends so many years and generations or whatever looking for someone of pure heart yet never can find one. And then just when Billy shows up, it's like. Well, shoot. Uh, good enough. Let's let's just do this. Yeah, he and needed to eat crow. He needed a I'm sorry scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He should. Yeah. And they should have come back to that at the end of the film and made it, give him us a final thing that was like, yeah, look. And, and Billy clearly was not pure of heart. I mean, he okay, immediately starts abusing yeah. his powers. Right. Um, <laughs> and I think you they could have made a, a pretty strong point that you know, especially with contrast with the villain, that with given the right power. You know, you can it can corrupt you, or you can do good with it. Of course, the villain's corrupt before he gets the powers, so that's yeah. But it's not. But it's not based on his nature. It's not like the villain was born evil. It was he was nurtured into this right, right. by his family and the wizard and Billy yeah. Batson was nurtured into became being a good person and a good hero because of his family around him. And like, and, and again, I love this theme and I thought they did a really good job with it in a lot of subtle ways. I just wish it was just slightly more apparent, especially in regards to like the specificity. I think that would have really rounded this movie out a lot more and uh, yeah, yeah, really drawed things together. I think those are good points. Um, I, I have to go back a little bit because you brought up spider verse and, um, and I, it reminded me of like the idea, like like everybody, like everybody fits the suit eventually. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. I was thinking of the ending of this movie, um, where when they all the kids get the Shazam powers, they're all wearing that really dumb suit. I mean, it's such a dumb suit, and they're all yeah. they're all other than the fact <laughs> yeah. that they're different colors. Like it works because it's like yeah, it's the suit. Like the suit's not what's important. Like it's who's wearing it, I right? I like that suit. <laughs> It's a dumb what? suit, Chris. It's a dumb suit. I and like, plus they had two like red the suits. The cape is cool. I like, I like, they, I like. they, they did have two red suits. Uh, and They couldn't some, come up with another color? Yeah. What I the was heck? P- being a picky person that bothered me, but, um, but it's not that big of a deal. But the point is, that's the point, is that the suit's not that big of a deal. It's who's wearing it. Um, I also have to, just a random side thought you had during that. I was talking about how the wizard needed to eat crow. I was like, well, maybe he can come back as a ghost and like, Billy, I'm sorry. I screwed everything up. This is my fault, but you rose to the occasion. Good job. And then it reminded me of the Lego movie when Morgan Freeman comes back as a ghost at the end and does the same thing. (laughs) And he's on a little like fishing pole string. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe not, maybe we don't do that in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, Sean, I think I I realized that you asked us what we thought the point of the movie was and none of us answered your question. So you just went and answered it for us. So thank you for, figuring out what this movie's about i appreciate that yeah sorry i was just yes. reading my own email, but <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, good. Um, um, but i wanted to at least give you guys a chance to, Sean, are you still around? to have the same opinion <laughs> yeah did, can you still hear me yeah okay i just wanted you guys to have a chance to have the same opinion yeah, as i did that's all uh, <laughs> well we never came to it so you know yeah better luck to us well, next time um 
Well, okay, so we we kind of touched on it before we discussed, but how do you guys feel about the post credit scene and how this film exists in relation to the other DC, current DC films? Uh, well, they, they're not necessarily they, related. Like, it doesn't have to be about the post credit scene, but do you think it's like I mean, exists in the same realm? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say uh, which one of we all got thoughts. Who, who gonna go, go ahead, first? Matt? Okay. Oh, well, for one thing. They followed Marvel's formula of having the first one be the, like, setup for the next movie and then the second one being the funny one. Mm. Funny one worked for me. I yeah. thought the Aquaman jokes. Aquaman jokes yeah. are always funny, I guess. The first one with the space snail slug caterpillar. <laughs> yeah. Look, I feel uh, like I, I finally feel like I think how most people feel when they stick around for the Marvel credit scenes and they haven't already <laughs> yeah. wikipedia it beforehand. Because. <laughs> yeah. I, t- yep. I typically, for whatever reason, am prepared for the post-credit scenes of Marvel movies. I don't know why, but this I'm like, oh, that's yeah. definitely a talking uh, space uh, caterpillar. Okay, <laughs> cool, rad. I don't know what that means. But as to your question about how it relates to the future of the the DCU, I do not care. Like honestly, yeah. Like and that's a fair answer. Make yeah. good movies. And I'll see them, and I'll enjoy them, and I'll tell people to watch them like I will with this one. I do not care about the shared universe. They're, they're, that ship has sailed for me. They, it's too late. I mean, that's the. I think that's exactly what DC hit upon, Chewie, is your sentiment right there. Is they, they clearly have finally come to the conclusion that they jumped the gun with right. Justice League and everything. And they flat out said, these, these films can exist in the same universe... But they don't have to necessarily be affecting one another. Right. Right. It doesn't have to be building towards something. They can just exist. Like with the Superman at the end, right? Yeah, that was great. That's fantastic. That was that was supposed to be, uh, just a little side note, that was supposed to be Henry Cavill. But because the school they were that they were renting out while they were on vacation, just it didn't mesh with Cavill's like time availability. So uh, they couldn't get him to actually show up uh, during that the time that the school was empty. So it made it funnier for me. I don't know. It made it better that, <laughs> that we didn't actually see him just because the, the joke is that it's Superman, not that Henry Cavill came back to be Superman. You know, it, yeah. it, it also reminded me of Muppet Babies because you never saw Manny's face. So, yeah, but uh, I mean, overall, I think they're committed to like you saw in this one, acknowledge the universe at whole, like mm-hmm. mentions of Aquaman, mm-hmm. men- the, the Superman thing. And then at the same time, they're more concerned with building themselves, right? The the new Wonder Woman movie yeah. is really only concerned with itself. Yeah. I'm sure the, the next Aquaman movie will be very similar, only concerned with itself. The same setup for this one, right, with Mr. Mind. It, it's a setup within itself. Is that the worm? Yes. Okay. That, yeah. is, the, that is the caterpillar from Venus. <laughs> okay. There you go. Uh, Ryan, you were going to say something. What were you – what? Uh, you had some thoughts? Yeah, I, um – I felt like this movie kept reminding us that it exists in a in a larger world with other DC characters. Not necessarily that it's part of the same story or anything, but the yeah. movie is just constantly reminding us that Aquaman and Batman and Superman, hey, they're they're in this world. Which actually, even though it was kind of like, yeah, we okay, we get it. It actually, in a way, worked for me because mm-hmm. of the way they framed things with this character Shazam trying to become a superhero and so therefore he kind of had well he didn't because he didn't know about you know billy didn't really know about superheroes but um i was so ready to disagree with you until you made that point because i was going to say a lot of this movie is about public perception of superheroes so the fact that they reminded us that they exist helped the 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 setting i think yeah I, i think i think it did and then that way he kind of had there was a you know, basis and it played well with jokes and just little things were like, Oh, we need to get a layer. Oh, you're a villain. Oh, you know, right. those kinds of, those elements, uh, kind of gave the children context, right. In, in that kind of sense, it, it became sort of meta, right. We didn't in telling this origin story, it didn't have to just be like, uh, unique, um, genuine, if that makes mm. sense. Like, you know, in Batman or Superman, we, you have to tell the story genuinely, right? Yeah. You have to make us degree. believe that the character is uniquely experiencing these events and reacting to them genuinely as if he doesn't know that he's a superhero and he doesn't know that supervillains exist and all the things in between. Um but because those things already exist in this universe, well, they have something to play off of. Um, and I think that actually did work for me. Uh, hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it reminded me of it, a weird thing, but in the Batman Forever, the Val Kilmer Batman, yeah. there's a one-off line where he says something like, he's got to be halfway to Metropolis by now. Uh-huh. And it just is little tiny line, but it's this idea that like, oh, there's more going on. There's other superheroes. There's other things in this world. It's not about them. It doesn't have to be about them. But like as an audience, like, oh, I know what that means. Oh, I know Superman exists. I know, you know, right? Is that like, so in, kind of reminded me a little bit like in Batman and Robin where he looks at the camera and rolls his eyes and says, this is why Superman works alone? just like that right just like that exactly um but it also made me think that like i was i don't know i was reading some article or something and someone was saying that dc's best path forward or what they think might be the most interesting passport path forward for them is if you take a lot of their comics that you remember um they're they're usually like one-off series like the dark knight returns or you know the killing joke yeah. or yeah. whatever right and they're not part of the general canon or continuity of the comics. They're just these one-off things. They're taking the characters we know and are established, but they're doing their own thing with them. Mm-hmm. And I think they're saying that this is, that's kind of the best path forward for DC. And trying to instead of trying to replicate Marvel Cinematic Universe where it's all shared, just take these characters and have do the Killing Joke movie. Do this one-off Joker movie. There's no continuity. The problem, it doesn't matter with, with anything that's going to that change. animated format. But that, but I mean, to an extent, sure. But for a m- wide market blockbuster mass appeal, it hasn't it's it hasn't really been done. Right. I don't know. I just think it's an interesting idea. But I, and I, I don't I, think people yeah. want to see that stuff per se, Chris, right? Because Chris, I look, mean, we're just getting <laughs> Chris. That stuff is so not widely known when you think about how many people see movies no, no, versus no, no, how no, many no, people no. Re- read comics or even watch the animated adaptations. Like, no, no, no. My my point my point is is like the first thing he brought up was Dark Knight Returns, right? Sure. Yeah. What has been one of the major pain points about? What DC's I, I, been I was doing, using it as right? an example. I'm not saying make it dark like Dark Knight. I'm saying use like the one-offs. Use like these one-off series that don't take place in continuity. It doesn't have to be Dark Knight Returns. There's yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I see what you're saying. Sean. More Batman focused comics, on like the graphic novel content than they're, the they're like long-running one-offs. series segments. Yeah, like do Kingdom Come or you know, Long Halloween. I, I mean, I don't know. Oh, I'd love to see Long, long Halloween, Halloween or whatever. Right? Or I mean, Hush. Right. Hush, Turn Hush, that into a movie. Everything you guys just said is part of the long canon and are not technically graphic novels. Graphic novels are things like Dark I Knight do Returns, not care. Red, Red Sun. <laughs> I, well, no, but that's my I, that's I think my the point, point. No, I think what the point is is that get a focused story that is good on its own, a quality story, and hang the continuity. Do not worry about a universe. Just get the best stories that exist out there yes. and make movies out of them. I think that's what's right. being said here, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah that's that's the point. Yeah. I think I think I would prefer just holy new ideas oh i mean i would be well, okay with that too actually sure, that too i um, suppose but i think if you're gonna, content, yeah. yeah i think that'd be rad yeah if we can if it's still sure. possible if we as a species are still capable <laughs> uh, that sounded really uh it sounded really ready i'm <laughs> yeah. sorry i take back that statement <laughs> <laughs> um well, I think in general, though, like some of us are a little bit more criticism than others, but I, I, at least for me, even though I can't say like it was um, something I loved, I think I definitely appreciated it uh, more than more than a lot of superhero movies the last couple of years. And so for that, I definitely recommend it. And I think it's something like teens and preteens haven't really had this type of movie for a while. Right. We were spoiled and that we had those kind of right. movies. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. So that's cool. And I don't I know, do have I, one last any other final, final totally thoughts on Shazam? Oh, sure. Go. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what was that, Sean? Sorry. I said, yeah, sure. What is it? What, oh, okay. <laughs> um, you guys will roll your eyes, but this is a, it's a gripe, and I have, to, I have to express the gripe. So when, he, when the bus is about to fall off the bridge, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And he catches the bus. Uh-huh. So what do we think? Zachary Levy is about six feet tall. Sure. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Five, six feet. Oh yeah. The kids would all. Everyone still die in that. Yeah. Bus, everyone still dies. What you're saying. Him <laughs> catching the bus, yes. saving it from falling an extra six feet, yes. saves no one. Unless he's it's real still squishy. Unless he gradually unless he's really it or squishy. Yeah. <laughs> unless that's a power that wasn't addressed, <laughs> he's really squishy. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, that could be an added power. But yes, you're right. I thought the same. Thing. I did. I yeah. did think that too. But as somebody who ended up really loving this movie a lot, I'm just going to assume that he has power of squish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Let me have yeah. this one. Cool. 
you can have it. Uh, any other thoughts, Chris? Any other? I mean, this is a DC, go DC fanboy on it. Here's your chance. <laughs> I mean, well, we all liked it, so you have to contrarian and you have to hate this one because it wasn't as uh, what's it like the Zack Snyder ones. That's <laughs> no, what you're going to say, Chris. Right? I don't. I don't get the hate. I don't have to hate this one. <laughs> I wrote your I script out throwing, for this episode. <laughs> this is this is my opportunity to just throw shade at Marvel. All right, because we have a success here, something they haven't really done. This is a victory for DC. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Are you good for well, a while? Let's just let, let him have one shot, guys. Let's let him have this one. He can have this one. <laughs> DC made a great movie. I Again, mean, I stand by comes it. Out my, fa- my favorite one so. since the Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> and and that being said, kind of what we've we've hammered on in this point is uh, obviously I'm sure we've all seen the Joker trailer at this point, right? I actually haven't, but go ahead mm-hmm. and talk about it. That's fine. Well, I mean, we don't have to go into the details about it. It's just how different does that feel from everything else that they're doing and Marvel's doing? And I think that's DC's goal now is just... That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I was just saying that you were disagreeing with me about. That film, I think, is exactly what my point. Better or worse. I think just in a broader sense, just in a general life sense, don't be concerned about what someone else is doing. Concern about what you're doing and try to do the best that you can, right? That's just life advice, but I think that's what DC should have been doing from the first place. Well, I think what really hammered, what really hit DC hard was they got Zack Snyder, who has always been kind of a polarizing director, and they made him the, the focal point of their series, right? Mm-hmm. He was going to be Man of Steel, and then when Man of Steel did well, they were like, okay, make your trilogy. Let's get this thing off the ground. Let's, let's get moving, right? And he's, I mean, I've heard what he said his plan was, and... I kind of liked it. I'd have to see it to actually know if I would have liked it, but I kind of liked where it was headed from what it sounded like. But I understand why people don't like his stuff. And I think that... And so they did Man of Steel, they did BVS, and then the feedback really just came came in really heavy, and they were just... They didn't really know immediately how to parse through that information they were getting because there was so much of it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I yeah. feel like they they were reeling for a bit, but now they've they're, they're just like all right, no more, no more of this nonsense. That's good because it was nonsense, and it's weird to me <laughs> when I think that like this movie is maybe in the same universe as Suicide Squad. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's how much of a mess yeah. that this has become when you have to start drawing those lines. But again, to me, at this point, it doesn't matter. You know, I don't care about that. They made a good movie. Please make more good movies. That's all I care about at this point. <laughs> I'm really interested in the fact that like James Gunn's going to be allowed to do both universes. Like, I, I mean, that sounds really weird. Obviously, he should be allowed to do both universes. No problem. But it seems like Marvel would be way more protective law. of their Pick a universe than, than Warner Brothers would be at this point. I don't know. That whole situation is a bit of a mess that I don't know if we want to go into. But at any rate... Um, yeah, there we go. Anything else? Hey, Sean, are you still around? Yeah, oh. I'm right here. Oh, good. You sounded a little robotic a little while ago. I just want to see oh. see that you're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like when they Arkansas shot him in the face. Arkansas is very robotic. Well, uh, how about you, Ryan? How's it going on? Uh, I'm not a robot. Why? Oh, it sounds like something a robot would say. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, say I'm not a robot. Just say I'm not a robot. Um, I, I'm just not a robot? <laughs> I don't think Ryan saw that uh, John Oliver. I did. I saw it. I know what you're referencing. I, <laughs> yeah. I get what you're referencing. Anybody uh, who watches John Oliver gets what you're referencing. Everybody who doesn't yeah. doesn't know what we're talking about. Sean, do you have I any do other Sean? Do you have any other discussion points, or should I take us home? No, I think. Uh, I mean, I got nothing else to mention unless anyone saw this. So. Okay, great. Uh, Chris, why were you yeah, singing while I was saying that? More why were you do doing that, Chris? Because it's really hard to tell with Sean right now when he's talking and when he's not. So I was just filling in the gap. <laughs> All right. Great. Good. I mean, I can hear him. Thanks. I mean, I can't. Now I have to edit you singing Paradise City out of this episode. I'll post it somewhere <laughs> by itself, though. Um, during the whole episode. All right. <laughs> All right. I'll take us home. All right. This has been After the Credits, the Yum Chunks podcast. If you like what you hear and you want to hear us elsewhere from wherever it is that you're listening, we're on the original Yum Chunks YouTube channel. We're also on Spotify, Podient, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, and I think a few few others. If you search Yum Chunks After the Credits, you'll probably find us on your preferred listening device. 
for any of those apps that have comment sections, that's the easiest way to reach us. You can leave us a comment. Um, you can also send us a letter at yumchunks at gmail.com if you have any questions or something that you want us to read on air or whatever of that sort. Uh, and that, again, has been Yum Chunks after the credits. There you go. We did it. We did it. Shazam! Shazam! Oh, boom. Bam. Boom, I'm Chris. I turn into Chris. You turn you you turn into Chris? Yep. Who do I turn into? I hate Marvel. I hate Marvel. <laughs> you turn into Vince. You say Shazam and you turn into Vince. Shazam. Hey guys, I'm Vince again. I'm back. Sorry I didn't see the movie. Hey, I'm, I'm Chris. I hate Marvel. Hey Chris. I don't know why you hate Marvel. Ryan, so say much, Shazam. I love disc golf. Because they make the same movie over and over again. Oh, oh Chris. You don't like Marvel, though, do you? There you go. No, I like them. <laughs> I hate it. I hate you know Marvel. Oh, oh, this has been After the Credits. A Young Chunks Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>